Well, the passages here are the Sunday series entitled Live Inspired. So today I have the topic of inspired growth. So let's pray. Father God, we just welcome Holy Spirit as our teacher today, Father, that truly, Lord, um, these would be uh, Sunday messages, Father God, that would inspire us in this upcoming year, Lord, to uh, live out, Father, all that you would have for us, Father, inspired lives, Father, lived intentionally and on purpose, Father God, that we would provide fruit, Father, uh, left behind that would bless the body of Christ and those that don't know the Lord. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Jim last week uh, was uh, mentioning that uh, growth was one of our six pillars in our culture at Grace and Peace. Uh, a church does have a culture and in their fellowship and in their purpose, and uh, growth is one of them. So we're looking at living inspired uh, lives in 2024 at our church. And one way to understand uh, to live inspired is to be filled with a deep encouragement uh, that we have the ability to do something creative. Uh, in fact, synonyms for inspired could be encouraged, creative. Uh, so Holy Spirit is our encourager. We always have to remember that. He's our encourager, and He fills us with that deep encouragement so that we would have the ability uh, to have His creativity in our lives and His creativity that we can live out day by day. But today, specifically, we're talking about the pillar of growth, and that we live inspired uh, means also that we're growing in Christ. Uh, our church pastorate wants a congregation to grow in Christ. If you're good parents and good grandparents, you want your children and grandchildren to grow also, right? Emotionally and mentally, physically, uh, that they would be the most productive they can be as they get older and live life out. Why should a church be any different? We want to see our bo the body of Christ here, not just warm pews and seats, that's not the purpose, but that you would be uh, greatly empowered by Holy Spirit to do the works of Jesus in the generation you live in. And that comes from an inspiration that only Holy Spirit can give us. So uh, we have 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. If you have your sheets with you, that's one of your memory verses there. And I always love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Yeah, being strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, uh, our Father God wants us to live strong lives in His grace uh, that He brings to us in Christ. I'll give you a side comment here. Oh, they took it down. Okay. Uh, you'll notice it says Christ Jesus there. In your Bible, you'll see many verses that say Christ Jesus. You'll see other verses that say Jesus Christ. And you'll have other verses that say Lord Jesus Christ. They all have a different emphasis. Christ Jesus is an emphasis to His mission. And Lord Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus Christ is an emphasis to His humanity. But when you see Lord Jesus Christ, that's an emphasis to his position of authority. They all have a different emphasis. That's not part of the sermon. It's just free. I just thought I'd add it. I thought you might like it. Uh, but here we see in Christ Jesus, because of his mission, I can be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. So being strong in his grace is to live inspired, right? His grace lives, causes me to live inspired. And it causes me to grow in Christ by that inspiration so that I would have an inspired life. So, and your little fill in the blanks there, if you're doing them, uh, they're good to have. They'll leave with you. On number one there, it says inspired growth then is a key 
for us to have a successful life in Christ this side of heaven. That's an important point. We want to have an inspired growth. Inspired growth. Growth. I think I heard this from Walter Healy and never forgot it, so I wrote it down. Do you ever realize that that which does not grow stagnates or dies? Wow. Stagnates or dies. Ouch. I don't want that to be me or my church. God forbid we stagnate or die. And yet, a lot of Christians in America, that's just how they live their lives. They stagnate. If you want to be really honest, most of Christianity does not grow. It stagnates. That is so wrong. I made some comments on a Wednesday night at the end of December that I want to repeat today a little bit because it fits this topic well uh, about being inspired to grow in Christ. Did you know that we need to grow on purpose? Interesting statement, that we need to grow on purpose. We need to make it a purpose and a priority to grow in Christ by deciding we're going to grow and declaring we're going to grow. Yes, we grow because uh, we make decisions to grow. If your second fill in the blank there, any increase we get must be on purpose and planned for. Really got to get that because that's odd for some people to hear. Many people incorrectly think, well, God just does this automatically for you, doesn't it? Poof, and we just grow spiritually. No. No, He doesn't. In fact, the Bible tells us it expects us to walk by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, one of my favorite verses. And without faith it is impossible to please Him, for the one who comes to God must believe that He exists and that He uh, proves to be the one who rewards those who seek Him. Rewarding those who seek Him is a growth. It's an inspiration. We're to believe, we, we, we've got to get that Father God wants us to believe in things that we do not see. And we have no witness in the natural that would test to it, attest to it. In other words, we believe in what we do not see. We want A, B, C, D, show me all the reasons why. But Jesus told Thomas, you believe because you see. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. This side of heaven is a faith walk. If you really look at carefully what we see in life and what the Word of God says, we're doing a lot by faith. We don't see these things manifested the way we should in life, but we walk by faith believing in what we do not see. So your third fill in the blank there points out that growth in Christ is a belief pursuit received by faith. Growth in Christ requires faith. It's a belief pursuit received by faith. Growth, then you might say, is a product of faith. Wow. How about that? We have to want to and believe that He is in favor of us seeing that kind of growth. So it's something I actively pursue. It's not a passive experience for me where no faith is needed. So without exercising faith, many Christians don't live inspired lives at all or lives of growth. Many Christians just float by year by year by year without any purpose direction, and they just hope for the best. That is not the way it should be. So if I'm just saved year by year, it's like I'm living a leveled-off life that's going nowhere when I should be growing year by year. Got a slide to show you. Okay, I goofed this up the first service. Let's say each one of those bars are a year. 
Uh, so let's go backwards. I guess I got the years wrong. Let's say the one on the right there is 2023, 2022, 2020, 2021, 2020, 2019. Yeah, I got it. And what you see there is they're just level years, one year after another where nothing changes, one year of progressing after another, just accumulating time, no growth, no level, just a level progression. How about the second slide? That's very different. If you look at those years, we see that one year is then greater than the other. There's a growth that took place from one year to another. <clears throat> There's a power growth that takes place from year to year and resulting in that's an inspired life in Christ with noticeable growth, that I'm greater than I was the year before. That's what we should be going for. But noticeable growth like that is planned for and lived on purpose. So number four in your handout uh, there, I like this a lot. Real growth in Christ is never measured by the duration of years lived, but the devotion in those years. That's a famous quote that I twisted around to make it look Christian. Real growth in Christ is never measured by the duration of years lived, but by the devotion in those years. I've met people over the years, maybe they've only been born again three, four years, and they're a lot further ahead than people that are born again 20 years. Why? They had devotion in those three and four years. They had a level growth of seeking the Lord, and the Lord excelled them. Yet so many people are just, I'm happy, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. And they have no, uh, I'd say, usefulness this side of heaven at all. Just a progression of level growth with nothing happening. But when people are devoted to the Lord, they grow on an exponential scale. So, so living inspired lives with growth has to also involve time. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. We desire that each one of you demonstrate the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those through faith and endurance inherit the promises. Once our translation says, faith and patience inherit the promises. So the promises of God that we have in His Word are inherited by those who have enduring faith. That is, time is involved. Uh, patience is always involved in growth. Obviously, we don't plant seeds in the ground and three days later say, where's the plant? I planted it. Where are you? And pull the seed out. That is very dumb. It takes patience to see that seedling grow. And that has to do with us as well. There's growth involved, but there's patience involved. So our fifth on the blank there says, growth in Christ is always equal to the devotion of time we spend in His presence. So if we want inspiration from the Lord, we want uh, growth in our lives, it also tells us we have to have time in His presence. Again, God's just not going to do a poof on us and all of a sudden we grow. It doesn't work like that. He's looking for those who will diligently seek Him. He's always looking for those who will spend time in His presence who really want Him and show that they want Him. Those people He responds to. Because, I mean, who here wants children when they only want you when they want something from you? We've all been there. But that's a bummer. But how about the ones with who want you just because of who you are? Hey, they become favorite children. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think the Lord responds the same way? He likes it when we pursue Him. He likes it when we want to spend time in His presence. And we're not looking to get something. But the time in His presence does produce something.
So my point here is we want to find God's plans and purposes for our lives in 2024. We need to spend time in his presence to get those answers. I know a lot of folks may have started this year out saying, what's your plans for me, Lord, this year? What's happening, Lord, that you're going to do in my life this year, how I can serve you this year? We're all seeking the Lord for that, but it doesn't just fall on us. Will we seek him? Will we pursue him? And growth comes from that. In other words, we don't need New Year's resolutions. Everybody knows that doesn't work. We don't make resolutions. We declare intentions. What is my intention this year? I have an intention this year that I want to grow. I have an intention this year that I want Holy Spirit to inspire me that I would grow in Christ. And when that happens, we get new vision for a new year. Last year was nice, but that was last year's vision. I want a new vision for a new year. And that's a very personal thing. Uh, new vision for you could represent something totally different than new vision with me. It could be completely different. And that's okay. We're not clones of Jesus, yes, but we're not clones of each other. Uh, we want new vision for a new year, and new vision uh, is growth that gets lived out. So on number six there of your fill in the blanks, the intentions of time in his presence finds vision. When we have the intentions to be or have a time in his presence, that's where we find the vision that we desperately want and need. So we need to make time for this in our day. Some of you already do that, but if you don't, hey, start small. Don't try to bite off something big. Oh, I'm going to spend an hour in prayer in the morning, an hour in prayer in the evening. No, you're not going to work that way. You'll give up fast. Start small. Start with 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day. We had a book years ago we used to give away. Don't ask me for it. I don't have any more. Uh, it was called How to, have a How to Have a Quiet Time. Remember that, Bob? You've got a copy of the book, How to Have a Quiet Time. And the, the whole point of the book, well, I think it was the Navigators put it out. And the whole point is start with 10 minutes. Start with 10 minutes a day uh, sitting in his presence. And if at the end of the, the time you're like, oh, I didn't get anything out of this, keep it up. Keep it up. He shows up. He shows up. Just keep it up. And, uh, or spend that time dwelling on the Word of God or, in, or just, uh, in, uh, you know, where you're just seeking Him. He, he meets us in that secret place, that quiet place. He does. So with vision we get from that quiet time with Him that we all can start, uh, we get that vision to live on purpose, grow on purpose, live inspired lives by Holy Spirit. And the good part is it doesn't matter how old you are. You could be real young, you could be real old. It doesn't matter. He has vision for all. Isn't that amazing? Did you know most revivals, if you study them, are started by the very young or very old? The very young just quick, are, are quick to believe with enthusiasm, and the very old, they don't care anymore. They're old. There's not much more time left. It's all revival or bust. That's, uh, I'm serious. Some of the greatest revival times have always been from the very young and very old. And usually, both of those groups getting involved together. Isn't that a wild one? How about that? Yeah, uh, we want to live those inspired lives. So, inspired growth can come in many ways. It's different for everyone here. Uh, this is not just growing in the Scriptures, but what are you going to do with the Scriptures? How are we going to live them out day by day? Uh, so, there's an especially a practical way in which we live out the Word of God. So I just want to give a couple examples here. Um, uh, how about our marriages? How about our parenting? Uh, 
You know, how will you cause your marriage to grow in 2024? That's a big question. Few people ask that question, but you really should. That's living an inspired life. How will I live out an inspired Holy Spirit marriage? Um, the slides that we saw before perfectly describe that. So many people that tell you they're married 10 years, but it's 10 individual years. At the end of the 10 years, they're still married. That's about it. That's why, that's why with people who, who stay that way, give them 10, 15 years, they're strangers. They don't even know each other because they had no growth in their marriage. That's a very common problem. The other slide, if year two, I'm greater than year one. By year three, I'm greater than year two. We're building our marriage into something greater. Hey, now you got something here. That's how we should be living our lives. Finances work the exact same way. Uh, you know, if you want a financial future that looks good, you got to plan for it. It just doesn't happen. You have to plan for your finances and plan for financial growth. And it's an easy thing to learn. Carrying it out sometimes is a little harder, but it's an easy thing to learn. It's something you have to plan to do on purpose. So, um, you know, this is where, okay, 2024, my 2025 will be better. And my 2026 will be better than the year before because I plan for it. I wrote down a couple scribbles here uh, uh, before I came out here regarding marriage. These are just ideas. How about praying together? Now, do you have to pray together as husband and wife? No, but it's a good idea maybe to come together for that. That's a good thing to add to your marriage to growth. Do you spend quality time together without distractions? Good to get the distractions out of life where you're not distracted. Have the spending quality time together. Uh, do you have, uh, uh, oh, it's a comment. Yeah, marriage improvement. There's little, little books you can sometimes get to help you improve your marriage. Don't ask me for them. I don't have them anymore. Remember the little booklet we used to have? It was 30 Days to a Better Marriage. People wouldn't read it because it said better marriage. Like, well, there's nothing wrong with the one I got. And remember that? They, we had to put like a label over it because they wouldn't read it. Incredible. It was a 30-day devotional for marriage. I remember Pastor Maureen used to push that book real hard. Uh, and it was great. That's an example of a husband and wife getting together one month and, and or every other month or something and pursuing that. Uh, everybody ever heard the book, Languages of Love? Anybody ever read it? All right. Oh, you haven't read it. <clears throat> uh, that's a great book together to look at, you know, because if you're speaking to someone and they speak a different language, you've got a problem. There used to be a commercial years ago was for a financial group or something. This guy's on, a, on a, some kind of a psychiatrist's couch telling all his troubles. And the psychiatrist answers him in, in Romanian. And he looks at the guy, huh? Well, the point is, well, wouldn't that be ridiculous if you're trying to have counsel and you don't speak the same language? But our brokers speak your language, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's true, though. You have a language of love. How do you receive love as a person? You have a language that that speaks. It could be gift-giving, it could be a service, it could be quality time, et cetera, et cetera. But if your spouse doesn't speak that language, you're talking two different languages together. You want to tune into what is your spouse's language of love and speak to them on that level. Like, for example, I, my, my wife was here in the first service, and uh, 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 I think part of my love language was giving gifts, and hers was not. Uh, so... Um, I think hers might have been more quality time together. So we must have been married about a year. And just at that time, the Elizabeth Taylor perfume came out. <laughs> How many ladies here remember that? The purple bottles, right? <clears throat> so I go to the store, look it over and go, I'll take the whole line. So I, bought, I bought everything. 
hundreds of dollars. I bought everything, <laughs> put them in boxes, presents. So it must have been Valentine's Day, I don't remember. And a big stack, and she's sleeping. I come in there and I put it down. Hi, good morning. She takes one look at it, and it means nothing to her. Why? That wasn't her language of love. I was imposing my language of love in on her that she didn't receive. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? I tried everything I can. <laughs> How typically men will react. Ladies, let me tell you about men. I guess I digress for a second. Men will give you this much. And they think they gave you that much. The wrong response from a lady is, well, that's not enough. Oh, I tried this woman. I, rather, when they give you this much, you treat them like children and say, oh, that's wonderful, dear. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm so blessed. Oh, thank you. The next time they give you this much. But they grow. They've got to be encouraged. Anyway, that was, that was another free one. I didn't say that in the first service. You got so much more here. But anyway, um, I didn't realize that wasn't her language of love. And the funniest part when I was done speaking, she was out there and I went, went leaving. And she looked at me and said, you did that? Yeah. She had no memory this ever happened. Now, we'll be married 43 years next month. But I remember. Maybe it's because I spent the money. Maybe that was what I remember. She had absolutely no memory of this. I was like, this is incredible. Do you remember the perfume? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, that's how you got it. <laughs> anyway, so get, do a book together maybe, Languages of Love. It's a great experience together. Um, uh, hey, together, in, advance your marriage. Maybe try to get out of debt or reduce debt or start a savings plan. So many families don't have savings plans. Start something to build for tomorrow. These are just small examples. Um, how about your family? How will you purpose your children and your grandchildren to grow in the nurture of the Word of God in 2024? Too many people just think children just raise themselves all by themselves. Oh, the Lord will take care of them. It takes involved parents, right? The Bible tells us to raise your children in the way that they should go. That means decisions have to be made by parents and not children to make decisions in the way they should go. What will you do to accomplish that? Because at different ages, they're going to require different guidance from you. Even if they're adults, well, when they're adults, you learn don't say anything unless you're asked. But when they're adults, though, hey, they still need guidance, man. You've been there before, and you can help them a lot. And then they go, oh, wow, I didn't know that. You know, what have I been saying for the last 20 years? But family here, family. Uh, how about family prayer time together once a week? How about a once a week family Bible study time? Um, how about reading to your children the Word of God? Or reading with them the Word of God? How about getting involved with their growth opportunities in Christ? We have a Royal Rangers group, a Missionettes group that does a wonderful job with the young folks. Maybe be involved with that. These are just ideas and suggestions, but what will we do to make decisions to help my children grow in Christ. They grow so fast, and we don't need, oh, I wish I had done this, I wish I had done that. That is too late. We want to plan ahead and give them a foundation that they will have for life. Amen. It was St. Augustine's famous statement, give me a child when they're young and I'll have them for life. He was right. 
If this point was, if I give them the word of God and show them how to walk with the Lord when they're young, they'll walk with the Lord when they're older. He was 100% correct. Famous statement. Uh, one last one here to, uh, of a practical idea. How about finances? How will I grow in the grace of giving in 2024? Uh, if you get a raise at work in 2024, does God's church get a raise? I'm going to give you a bold statement. It's your next fill in the blank. Bold. How you treat his church is how you treat Jesus. Can't escape that. How you treat his church is how you treat Jesus. I can't see him, but I can see his church. I can see the body of Christ. How I treat the body of Christ, how I treat his church is how I treat Jesus. That's a big deal. My giving's important. So if folks aren't tithing, maybe you just want to increase one or two percent. That shows commitment on your part that your finances are worshiping the Lord. Maybe making a decision once or twice a year to give a gift to the missions or our benevolence fund to help those that are in need. But start somewhere. That's the point. Start somewhere and be faithful to it. And if you do that every year, you'll be amazed at how your giving is affecting uh, the body of Christ, uh, laying up a future of your, for yourself in eternity that you, would not have been possible if you didn't plan for it. We need to be planning in our giving how I will worship the Lord with it. Uh, so that brings us, you know, to some closing comments. Um, I'm not closing, but some closing comments. Uh, how do we tend to live inspired growth? Notice I said we because I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself today too. How do we want to live inspired growth? We, we, we have to have intentions to grow and make plans for it to grow if we want to have truly inspired lives in 2024. And regarding our, our personal spiritual growth, uh, we've been encouraging folks to read the Bible through in the year. If that's too big of a bite, pick the New Testament. That you're going to read the New Testament through in a year. Pick a different translation, perhaps, that you don't read normally, like Amplified Bible, perhaps. It's a law. You have to buy one eventually. You must have to have an Amplified Bible. Great choice. Um, we have to challenge ourselves to grow in Christ. Wednesday night services that we have are a discipling uh, learning format. Uh, committing to coming out to a Wednesday night or listening to it online is a great start. That can be a growth plan all in itself. Um, or you can make even a bolder plan. Be part of our Bible school. Be part of our growth groups at Grace and Peace. Growth groups, what an odd name, huh? I guess it implies growing, huh? So whether it's a Bible school or a growth group, Notice that requires commitment on our part, because commitment of our time makes it a priority, which is your next fill in the blank there. Commitment is a proof that we are living out inspired lives, because only the inspired show works of commitment. Commitment and being inspired, they go together. And if we're inspired, we're committing ourselves to something because we're inspired to it. And keep in mind, commitment also uh, kills inconvenience. It also uh, it, it causes us to die to self for our own selfishness. Any inconvenience we uh, put ourselves through because of commitment is causing us to die to self and making greater room in us for Holy Spirit to direct His plans in our lives for growth. So the question is, will we let Him bring growth in our lives this year? All a church can do is provide opportunities, but each of us have to make our own free will decision 
to grab those opportunities when they come. Our pastors will be praying for you this year to live inspired lives. They better be. We're going to pray for folks to live inspired lives. I want you to, because I know the whole church will be better. Families will be better. Everything will be better. We know that um, as we do this, we show Christ to a, to a dying world that desperately needs him. Specifically, in the 20th century translation, you don't have this on the screen. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. All, this is Paul talking, all can see you are a letter from Christ. How about that? All can see you are a letter from Christ. So as we live inspired lives this year, people are meant to read us like a letter, like an inspired letter from the Lord, and we point them to Jesus. It does mean everything. Let's pray here. Father God, we just look to you for an inspiration that we cannot provide all of ourselves, but Holy Spirit is the one that brings it to us. As we make intentions, Father, to live out inspired lives this year, to grow in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, that Father God, you would meet us along the way, that by the end of this year, we would be greater than we were than the year before, that our marriages would be greater, our parenting would be greater, our commitment in seeing the gospel uh, proclaimed, and, and promote it would be there, Father. That truly by the end of this year, Father, and next year, we would look at it and say, wow, look at the growth that's happened in me because we purpose to grow and you met us along the way. Father, let it begin today in our hearts. Let this be a, a seed, Father, that I've planted today that would grow into a, into a seedling, into a, a full fruition of, 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 of a tree that others could grab the leaves from us and themselves be blessed uh, because of our lives, presenting uh, the real Christ to this world. We thank you for this, Father God, that this will be a good year for the body of Christ here at Grace and Peace, better than it was last year, because you, Father, are the head of our year. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.